It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to the Auburn Live Podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place. A great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location in downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern. Great game day experience, uh, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out. Southeastern on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow Restaurant, also on Magnolia on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bao uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp, shrimp rolls, and, and steak, steak, and, and, and chicken uh, skewers, and um, rice bowls, and just a bunch of bunch of good stuff, man. If you've never had Chinese bao, it's really really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry, it moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bao Restaurant downtown Auburn, and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. All right, we're back with another Auburn Live show. You know what time it is. It's the Monday Morning Quarterback Edition with our friend, former Auburn quarterback, Ben Lear. Ben, I know it was a uh, it was a rough one for you. I know how much this one means to you. How you how you yeah, feeling? Man, uh, how you feeling a day or two later? Well, I, I mean, obviously, you hope you're you're disappointed in in the loss and you're disappointed losing you know 24 to 10 or excuse me 34 to 10 so it uh you know you're you're upset about it you don't you don't like it any more than the next person but ultimately georgia is a really really good football team especially defensively you've got to give them respect the fact that they played the way they were supposed to they did exactly what auburn and all of the fans would have expected them to do but Auburn, on the flip side, didn't just fail to make the plays when they needed to make the plays, and that was that was, in my opinion, the contributing factor to what put Georgia in such a a an insurmountable lead, and and Auburn I playing catch up from the word go. But you know, it it sucks bad. I mean, no no one likes to lose to to Georgia, most importantly, or to get beaten that badly against Georgia and, and be dominated by Georgia for – this has been two decades, basically, of dominance by, you know, by the kids from Athens. So you're disappointed in the sense that it's, it's turned out to be that way and it's, it doesn't, doesn't appear that it's going to change at any point in time any, in, the, in the very near future, unfortunately. But you just got to go back to the drawing board, man. I mean, they've got to – They've got to make the plays when they're there to be made and, and, you know, convert when it's needed to be converted. 
you know, cover when you're supposed to cover just the little things, man. I mean, there were a lot of good things taken out of that game, but at the same time, there were a lot of things that, that happened that ultimately, in my opinion, contributed to Georgia's success. Yeah, Georgia's really good. Um, let's go through some of the numbers uh, just real quick. Um, you know, first downs, 22 to 17 for Georgia. Um, total yards, 432 for Georgia, 318 for Auburn. Plays ended up almost even. Um, passing yards, 231 to 272. Auburn ended up with 272, but Finley had, you know, 50, you know, garbage time. Bo Nix only threw for 217. Rushing yards, Georgia 201, <clears throat> Auburn 46. Um, you know, we knew that was going to be an issue. Uh, Bo Nix, I think, was sacked three times. Um, he hadn't been sacked against Penn State and LSU. Again, Georgia's a different animal. Um, time of possession, Georgia really took over. Auburn had 16 minutes plus in the first half, only 10 minutes or so in the second half. Um, Georgia ended up with 33 minutes of time of possession in that game. Um, You know, I mean, I think Auburn, you know, we talked about Auburn needing to probably put the game in Stetson Bennett's hands. And that's not a slight on him. It's just that when you've got a stable of backs like Georgia has in a line like that, you you know, you you can't let that happen. Um, So, you know, Auburn did a good job against the run in the first half. Georgia didn't have but 35, 40 yards rushing. Um, but but those play action passes, those big plays, just really opened things up. They hurt Auburn bad, and then Georgia came out in the very first drive. I was up in the press box with my colleague Cole Pinkston, and and I and I, I mean three or four runs in, I said, oh, I mean I see it's clear as day what they're about to, about to, about to try to do. You know they're up seventeen three. Uh, I was like that, that right now they're about to start leaning on Auburn and so by the end of the third fourth quarter you know they're just going to control this game and and uh and they did they ran for you know buck 65 in the second half and Auburn's defense I thought for the most part performed admirably certainly the front seven did I thought they did probably the best they could um there was a stretch there late late third quarter into the fourth quarter where they were on the field a lot um you know I I agree with you when you play a team that good you, you can't make um, yeah, you can't make very many mistakes at all. Um, yeah. You certainly can't. Um, you certainly can't ha- have seven drops. Um, and of those drops, you one was a touchdown. Uh, one was a fourth down conversion. The very next play, Georgia threw a sixty-yard bomb. Um, you know, another one was was a uh, turned out to be an interception that led to three points. I mean, literally three drops. They weren't just drops. I mean, they almost directly led to points. Yeah. Um, in the other direction. And then the busted coverage is like a broken record. Um, that that and Nehemiah I, and Pritchett – and give him a – I guess we'll give a little credit to McConkey. That kid's very fast. He's a great route he's, runner. He's, but, he's really good. Man. But Pritchett I mean, I, got I, smoked a couple times, and it just can't continue to give up these these big plays. That You know you're going to be on an island on some of those. Um, well, and it but at them. the same time, look at it like this too, though. It, and it, it, it baffles me just a little bit. In the sense that this is not new to this secondary six games into the season. So, with that being said, why why is Auburn running zero coverage and leaving Pritchett on an island 
against the McConkie kid yeah. or, you know, so you're sitting there thinking, man, why are we putting that level of pressure on a young man that is already kind of playing from behind? And that's, that's a, that's a big question mark. So why do you do that? And I, and I'll go so far as to say, like, I, you know, if you think of it and I don't know, I don't know what plays that the statisticians or, and you probably can answer this are, you know, the, the, when we say seven drops, I counted seven, just, just, just in this case, I literally was counting. So that's my right, count. So, so let's, so, all right. Do you consider other than the Shivers tip ball that, that Nicobe intercepted, which was a phenomenal play on his part. Mm-hmm. D- are we considering the 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 balls that hit Shivers kind of in the thigh and bounced off? I mean, are those are, are we considering those drops? I, I was Not well. Really. Are we going? I, I are we going Jedrick Jackson? Are we going Demetrius Robertson, who probably had three by himself? He did. He had three from my. Um, you know, you're looking at. Those those along, and then obviously the Shivers. So that's that in itself. In, and, in our in my mind, and that's Shanker's, and Shanker the the first one uh, down. You know, their very first drive. Um, that's right. And, you know, and that, dude, that's one where people go, oh, you know, it, well, he could have put it here and there. I'm like, come on, now look, you're, you can't start getting into a thing where you say Bo should have put it no right here. Like he it, put it in a spot that Shanker could have made the catch, and the DB could not have made a play. Correct. Tough as it was. Correct. It, all right. So, if you're going to split hairs, sure, Bo, Bo could have thrown the ball in a more perfect place. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Sure. But the kid's an SEC tight end. Make the catch. Yeah. That's it. And, and I it, promise you, Shanker, if he was on this, I promise you he'd go, I, I have to make that catch. That's on me. Yeah. I promise no you he would say that. No yeah. doubt. And, and so, that – so, I mean – and this is not just harping on negativity by any means. And I'm sure that, that Brian Harson and Bobo and, and even Derek Mason and anybody that is worth their salt watching a game like this against a, such a high-caliber opponent as Georgia, you've got to make the plays, mm-hmm. period. You've got to make the catches. You, you've got to make the level of catches that Demetrius Robertson made on the fade ball that got them down inside the red zone late in the game when ultimately Tank made that great run to get it to put it at 2410. Yeah. So those are the types of catches you make. It, it should be a guarantee catch on a stick at post on third and nine that the ball doesn't hit Shedrick Jackson in the face and you ultimately have to punt. It should be a fourth and nine and it hits Demetrius Robertson in the gut, and he drops it, and all you're doing is setting your defense up to fail because the next play they go play action pass 60 to McConkie. Yeah. Those, those types of plays are 100% just, I'm talking killers. Yeah. Killers. You've got to play it. You've got to play it uh, almost a, a – just a, a perfect game and an effort in a situation like that to be in in competitiveness in a competitive scenario with a team like that. It's not going to do it when you're 
you know, when you're dropping balls and missing balls, you know, things of that nature, you know, that, and I, I think that's, I don't know, man. I mean, we're, I, I, I hate, I don't want to be harping on the negative. They, there were some good things that came out of that. They, they had some great drives, you know, I mean, early on in the game, they had Georgia on their heels defensively. They were doing some really, really good things, being creative with time being creative with their ability to throw the football and Bo was getting out of the pocket doing some things. So it was, it was good to see, but there is some positives to what came out of it. But unfortunately, Georgia just, Georgia was just a better team. And that's, that's just it. I mean, you, you, they were, they are at this point right now, a better football team than Auburn is. So you just got to go back to the drawing board and hope you get back in the mix by beating Arkansas on Saturday. Yeah, I think – I mean, I think that's an important perspective when we're talking about this game, and that is Georgia's better. Georgia's the best team in the country, Um, and and, and they're they're really solid across the board. They're great on defense. Uh, They have a, a, you know, fantastic offensive line, fantastic stable of running backs, really good quarterback. And and receivers that, that do the job. Um, and and so look, it's important. Hey, I'll I'll say this too. And and there will be people that listen listen to this that probably think I am smoking crack. <laughs> but the outcome of last night's game in College Station, Texas, gave me a much needed shot in the arm of confidence that there could be. I'm, I mean, it's slim that there could be a chance in the sense that I I think Auburn beats Arkansas Saturday. I really do. I, I think I think Arkansas at this point is somewhat exposed. Everybody realizes what, what they are. They are a juggernaut offensively, but they can't stop anybody. So it's going to be a scoring fest. They're beat up. I – I think Auburn's toughest matchups, obviously for the remainder of the season, are Texas A&M because there's in, it's at A&M, and then obviously Alabama. But there are these are games. I feel Georgia, in my opinion, the way they were playing is one hundred percent that was one hundred percent the potentially the toughest mountain for Auburn to climb. I. I think, and I wouldn't rank them, but there are games, there are several winnable games for Auburn for the remainder of the season. They're not going to be easy by any means, but they can be won. And everybody has an Achilles heel. Yeah. Um, I won't get into the – I mean, we'll talk about the Arkansas game more. Um, I'll talk about it more, in the, and, and we'll see if my mind changes. As of right now, I don't think they win the game. Um, but I just – I, I just I, I think it's a tough I think it's a tough task. It's gonna be a super physical game, super physical yeah. game. Um, I'm just I'm just not sure uh, as at, the, at this moment. I think the Georgia game, but back, back to the Georgia game. I think the the thing to keep in perspective is Georgia's a better team. Like don't don't hear me or you. I think, and if you're an Auburn fan, don't don't say don't create expectations that if they would have done these things, they would have beaten Georgia. Like. Maybe, maybe they'd have been in the game. I think the important stuff is you want to see growth with this team. You want to see things get better. You want to see them do things that set them up and say, okay, they didn't lose. They lost to Georgia. But if they play like that against Arkansas, they'll win. If they play like that against Ole Miss, they'll win. 
I can't say that. If they play like that against Arkansas, they'll lose. If they play like that against Ole Miss, they'll lose. So I, I want to see them. Especially, especially defensively. Yeah. Especially. So I, I want to see them do – and I think the frustration I think six games in is um, it's a broken record. Busted coverages, drops. We've been talking about those uh, all season. It continues to be an issue. Um, and uh, I actually think Bo Nix the last two games has played good enough to win win those games. Um, I, I, I know, gosh, he's the most scrutinized, easy target. It's just so at this point, you know, it, it, you really the, the the Bo Nix criticism. Look, sometimes it's very warranted. That's fine, but let's let's try a little harder now. And I think Bo Bo Nix last two games has played good enough to win. Yeah. Um, well, he's and, and played hey, decent football. He has. He he threw some passes against Georgia that were some of the best balls I've ever seen him throw. I'm, I'm talking yeah. about he threw a couple of slants. He threw an RPO to Kobe Hudson. He threw maybe on the first drive where he he looked left, came back, and just threw a dart. Kobe Hudson made a good catch kind of behind him, but still really good throw. He, he threw some out routes to Hudson. He threw a couple of great fades to, to, to Robertson down the sideline that one he dropped, one he caught. The pass to Shanker down the seam where the def- the defender had his back turned. Yes. And he trusted Shanker and threw it right. That's an NFL-type throw. Um, I mean, he threw some really good passes in, in that yep. football game. He, if they don't drop balls, he ends that game 28 of 39 for like 250 in a touchdown. I mean, he was not the issue yep. in that game. There was only one time, I'm sure there were others, there was one time I tweeted about it where – he 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 got a little happy happy feet. There was a stop and go they ran. CBS pointed it out. Uh, I think it was Shedrick Jackson on the top of the screen where Bo even pump faked it. He pump faked it, and then immediately left the route. And 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 Shedrick Jackson stopped and go blew and blew by the corner. But for some reason, Bo well we know why he pump faked it, and then he in his head. The clock was like, I don't have time. Or if yeah. I stay on this and it's not there, then I'm screwed. And so he just left the route. And yeah. Jackson's wide open. And that's the kind of play that you got to show Bo and go, hey, if you just stuck with that, it's a touchdown. If you throw a yeah. ball, it's a touchdown. But but literally, that's one of the only ones I saw that was really egregious um, on 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 Bo. He played really well, I thought. He I did. Really and, it's, and, and it's – it's ultimately the nature of the position. You're the yeah, hero sure. or the goat, yeah. right? And it's it's a, an entirely different side of the spectrum from LSU to Saturday, you know, against Georgia. So it, it is what it is. And and Bo is Bo's obviously proven that, you know, hey, I get it, I understand it, like it or not, I'm going to be me. I'm going to make the plays, or there may be some plays left out there on the field that that I could have made better or whatnot. But ultimately, it's he is going to be as good as the guys around him. They have got to make the level of plays that they are capable of making. You know, you, you've got to as back. He expects the receivers to catch the ball, and he has to. If he didn't expect a particular receiver to catch the ball, he would never throw it to him. Yeah. Never. Yeah. It is pre, it's predetermined. I know I don't care if you're the number one target on this play. I'm not coming to you because I don't think you'll catch it. There's zero confidence. But 
he's obviously got mental confidence in the guys to make the plays. It's just consistently they're 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 not making them as consistently as you would expect an SEC football player to make. Period. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, you're exactly right. You you cannot look at yesterday at yesterday's game or or Saturday's game and say if this, if this, if this, Auburn wins the game. You can say if this, if this, if this, there would have been a slim shot, right? There Which would is have all been. we talked about. All I talked yeah. about was get it, play two games, get it, yep. in, get it late, and then play the late game. And the things we're talking about gets you to playing the last – 15 to 20 minutes in a, in a position Correct. where you're, where you're in the game. I mean, that's right. And that's all you can catches ask the for. ball. That's a touchdown. If, if, if Robertson catches the ball, uh, that's immediately a touchdown for Georgia. Um, then you got the three points. Shivers drops it to pick that turns into three. That's that's seven points taken off the board for Auburn. And that's 10 points directly after for Georgia. I mean, you know, then you throw in capers, the the DPI, which absolutely was pass interference, and that's not Auburn's fault. Um, I mean, there's just a couple of plays for that game being that game being, you know, what like 21 to 17 or something like that. Sure. It really could have been 24 to 17, or yeah. it could have been that kind of game heading into fourth. It have been it have been much more resemblant of the Penn State game. You know, if you think about it from the standpoint of coming down to the wire, Georgia would have had to. You think about it, Georgia would have had to maybe get two or three first downs consecutive on the time off the clocker, or Auburn potentially having the ball in the last possession to try and make a field goal or, or drive the score touchdown to win or tie. It would have been much – the result may have been the same, but it would have been a, a much more tightly contested ball game if those plays had been, had been made by Auburn either offensively or defensively, period. But you're right, man. And, and I'll, I'll say this. Harson paid Georgia as a, as a football team and as a, as a coach, he paid Georgia what I think is probably the best compliment you can pay a football team when he said, that's, that's who we want to mirror image of. Yeah. We want to be – like that football team. That's who we want to play football like. I, I don't know of a better way to compliment a, a football coach, football team, and a university. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I thought his I thought his post-game comments were – I thought Brian Harson's post-game comments were interesting. Um, you know, he talked about – you know, he was asked about the receivers. I thought he kind of had an interesting – well, it's not – I could have predicted the answer. Um, you know, they asked if the rotation would change at wide out. Um, and he said, look, guys, we the rotation's created for how you perform in practice, meaning the guys that are out there do better in practice. So the, and, then they, and then they go out there and, you, and they drop the ball. So what do you want me to do? You know, it's like um, he, I guess he's, it, there's a little bit of a tough spot of those other guys not quite doing the little thing. So – I'm supposed to just hope they line up correctly in the game and catch the ball versus the guys that do line up um, and then drop. So just the whole position, I think, is a is an issue. Um, but yeah, complimented Georgia. So that's the team that that we want to be. Um, but he but he made no bones about it. Uh, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because there's Harson and Bo Nix, both of their post game comments I wanted to talk about because one, Brian Harson made no bones about it. I mean, he he was. He was asked, hey, some of those mistakes, especially early, some of those things, did you feel like that kind of 
affected your ability. He was like 100%. I mean, he was not hiding the fact that if, if he if, if his team would have made the plays he thinks they should have been making, they would have been in that ball game and had a chance to win. Uh, he does not think – you know, he's not sitting there going, man, Georgia's just so good, you know. We're, right. no, he, he's going, Georgia's so good, but if we'd done what we, what we, we could have done, we'd had a chance to win the game, and I'm mad right. that we didn't, and I'm disappointed that we lost. Um, so I thought his answers were good on that. And, and, and I felt that from Bo Nix, too. Bo Nix generally – and he was after the game. He's pretty politically correct, um, except for when he's basically telling the refs, you screwed up, which he did. He's like flat out. He was like, they missed the call. And they, they're grabbing him. Like, what, do you, um, what, do you, what, what are we supposed to do? Um, but, uh, but you could sense the frustration in, in Bo Nix in, 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 in making plays. He didn't call anybody out, but he absolutely said, we have to start making plays. Um, and you, you could sense it. You could sense it. I mean, he almost – he actually – one of his answers, he, he said um, – he said, you know, Georgia's a great team, da, da, da. Almost like saying, look, fine, Georgia's great. Listen to me say Georgia's great. But then he was like, we, we, we could have been in that game. I mean, he was very yeah. frustrated. And you could see it on the field a few times where he was really – he's mad. I mean, he's busting his ass the last two games. I mean, he was – they took him out of that game late, partly the score, but he was – the possession before that, he walked off the field. He was beat. I mean, they sacked yeah. him three times. They hit him probably six, seven times. He was running. He was scrambling on top of that. Um, I mean, he, he really he – was a, it was a pretty gutsy effort from him, but you can sense the frustration in him a little bit. And Brian Harson. okay, we're six games in. It's time for people to make plays. Stop dropping passes. I mean, stop lining up incorrectly. I don't know if you saw this, but you remember the play – to Shanker, it was the play before Robertson's drop on fourth down. Shanker in the flat, overthrew Shanker. That play, did yep. I didn't even see it? What happened live? Did you see what happened live? Demetrius Robertson stood on the line of scrimmage and didn't move. He, ne- he never moved. Never moved. And that's communication. He he's not even paying attention. There, I don't know who he's looking at. Um, then he paid. Then the so it's like I don't even know whose fault it is. The point is that's. I guess we'll go back to coaching. Like, that's somebody's fault. That just is ridiculous that that's happening six games into the season. That's the stuff that Harson well, and Knicks are like, and especially Harson is going, the little things, like, come on, guys. Like, he, he is so frustrated about those things not being done right. Well, and go – all right, so let's, let's go into kind of subliminal messaging, right? And you think about – so, first off, I love the fact that that Brian Harson and even and even Bo Nix, they expect to win every game they play in. Period. They don't they don't care who they're playing. There is a level of expectation to win. There's yeah. gonna they're they're gonna face better football teams, but they are not gonna just they're not just gonna you know roll over and play dead. You play. Here's the dead in the screen comment. You play to win the game. Period. That's it. Or her, who was that? Her, was that Herm Edwards? You played to you played win the game. To win the game. Period. <laughs> but when you all right, so when you think about this, and he made his comments post game were the amount of playing time that you get as a receiver, or even a player on our football team, is indicative of the way you practice that particular week. What that tells me, and I know you agree with it. That tells me that the kids that aren't playing, because if if the ones that are that are at the receiver position now are having as many busted 
busted uh, uh, formations, mental mistakes, and drops, that tells me that the ones that aren't playing have their ass on their shoulders. They, they, if you can't see that, grow up, kids. Fit, yeah. Have some maturity about yourself and realize, man, if I just busted at practice, I'm going to get an opportunity to shine. But apparently they can't see the forest for the trees, that the opportunity is there. Nobody's going to give it to them. Those days are gone. They're going to – Brian Harson and his staff – and even Mike Bobo and Bo Nix or TJ Finley, they are going to play and going to trust the guys that they can trust at practice, period. Yeah. They're not going to waste their time on guys they can't. So for these young men that have more talent in their pinky toe than some of these other players that are out there, you know, getting playing time on a Saturday, they need to wake up. And, and realize that there is an opportunity to be had, but they've got to take it. And it makes you wonder what, you know, that, that's kind of the other question is, all right, so those are the reliable guys in practice. Okay, does that mean that they're catching everything in practice, or does that mean that they are still potentially dropping some passes in practice, but they're still more reliable than the other guys? Either one of those are bad choices. Um, if, you're, if you're Harson and Bobo, though, Harson said something after the game, and he said it about red zone. Auburn continues to struggle in the red zone. They were in there three times against Georgia, scored one touchdown, kicked one field goal, went forward on fourth down and didn't get it. They've been in the red zone, red zone 17 times this year. They've got nine touchdowns and six field goals. And so nine for 17. That's, and he was very – I mean, he was ticked about that after the game. He's like, we have to score touchdowns. And he's like, we have to. He's like, that, 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 this has got to stop. He's like, yep. it's getting old. Um, I mean, he, he, was, he was very – but what he said about it was, he goes – something has to change. We have to do something different. And so my question would be, well, why, why can't you apply that to wideouts? Why is it? Well, those are the guys that practice well, so they're going to play. You know, why, why isn't your attitude something has to change? We have to do something different. And if that means, all right, Malcolm Johnson might do everything right, but, like, I'm going to put him out there in, in, in some situations and run a route that he knows. And, you know, it's just frustrating to see these drops. I think they're, they're at – According to Pro Football Focus, they're at 23 drops this year. They had 19 last year, and I think in 10 games, in 22 the year before. Yeah, so they're at 23, and that's – look, Shanker's even got three himself, but most of that's wideouts. Kobe Hudson's been good. I think he's got two drops, and he's been targeted 32 times. He's been by far the most reliable, um, not just in well, what you've seen in dropping passes, but D-Rob's got a bunch. Oh, and, yeah. You know, there's just a lot mixed in. I mean, Kobe Hudson is, in my opinion, he is—he's developing into a really good, a very reliable receiver. He's making the catches. I mean, obviously, he had what I would consider kind of some struggles early on, but here as of late, I, I've been—I've been very happy with the way that he has played and performed, making the catches that he's made. But there has to be more than just there has to be more than him. You know, Demetrius Robertson, he, he's got to make those catches. I mean, it is literally one of those things. And I, it, it, listen, catch the ball. And they catch from Bonix every day. Like, so I don't want to hear the uh, people are like, oh, well, that was a fastball to Sean Shivers. Look, okay. Who cares? I, like, yeah, I'm like, you catch from him in practice every day. Like, you catch out of the jugs machines. I get the comment of 
sometimes on the swing pass you could – I get that there are times maybe when the guy's close enough to you that you could throw a bullet and you're like, hey, that maybe that but, – but, but, but you catch from him every day. You catch from the jugs machine. I, I didn't see anything. Bo Nix throws the ball hard. He does it every day for two and a half years. I didn't see anything out there that I thought could, – could you say he threw hard? I could be like, yeah, he, he threw a bullet. It's your job to catch the ball. So I, I'm not going to – I'm not siding on the people that were like, well, that was a little hard. Like, no. you're playing Georgia. You're playing the best defense, one of the best defenses in college football in the last 20 or 25 years, and you're going to go, well, a little hard. A little, little hard on that pass. Or not what do you, what do you where you need to put the pass. Like, come on. You know, what, do you, what do you want him to do? Let him float it out there and then put you in, perco- in concussion protocol? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, the, the kids, the, they'll kill him. So, I, I – and I'm even – you know, in, in my opinion, you know, I, I'm probably more likely to give a, give a running back a, a little bit of a pass on a drop sure. than I am a receiver, right? But the, those that were had, the drops that were had on the swings, they're all, they have proven time and time again that those are catchable balls. Why, why against Georgia are they drops? It's not, it's not the quarterback, in, in, in my opinion. It wasn't yesterday. And, again, everybody, everyone has bad days. And, and, but they are just magnified. They're magnified against a, a team yeah. of that caliber. Yeah. Magnified, absolutely. And if you're Shivers, look on some of those. And, you know, I mean, um, the, some of those were, were – was Bo Nix threw it out there fast for a reason. Because he's saying, I need to get you the ball quickly because if I don't get you the ball quickly, yeah. But he's like, if I don't get you the ball quickly, you won't have time to get the ball, turn your head, and make a move. I'm trying to get it to you fast because I see the linebacker or I see what's going on. I'm trying to get it to you quick so you can turn your head and have time to make a play. If you want me to to kind of soft it out there, that's cool. You're going to get lit up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, so I, yeah, I, I think the uh, you know, and then look, Auburn's Auburn's inability to run, no, no surprise there. I don't even know that if there's really any time worth spent, uh, you know, spent criticizing or, or talking about their inability to run. Georgia's front's really good. Auburn didn't run the ball that great against LSU. Uh, they had moments against Georgia, some perimeter stuff. Um, I think the score getting to two scores so quickly hurt Auburn's ability probably a little bit to stick with the run. They, did, they ran 29 times. They, they wanted to obviously probably hit the 40 mark. Um, but, you know, we knew that was going to be yeah, tough. We there, knew that there's, was there's part, you know, that look, that game, and you can't do it, but, you know, when you look at it, it the way that it trended and the way that it went so quickly, it, I think it totally got Auburn out of their out of their – thought process or their plan very quickly and sustain drives, you know, milk the clock, understand that big plays are pretty much not going to happen. You know, you got to, you've got to earn every single yard and they, it, it wasn't going to come on the ground period. I, I do think that if you're going to, you know, the way that Auburn performs, let's say Saturday against Arkansas, then, then obviously you've got, you know, Ole Miss and you, or, or Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and then who met, South Carolina. Those are going to be the games that you really, in my opinion, you're going to judge the rushing attack. 
that's the, those are those defensive fronts are more human. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss had uh, Ole Miss had 324 yards rushing on on Arkansas. Now Arkansas rushed for 300 something yards, um, but we know Arkansas can run. But Ole Miss yep. had 300 plus yards rushing. Auburn should be able to get a ground game going yeah, against Arkansas, and I think it's going to be a similar a similar game. It, I mean, I still think Bo Nix takes over KJ Jefferson, you, but it's going to be a war. You said it best, and it and it always is. Hope the Arkansas game. Every single year, regardless of how good Arkansas is, that is one of the most physical games that Auburn plays every single year. They, Arkansas is a physical football team. They, I mean, they've got a, they, their head coach is an O line guy. You know, he's going to be physical. So they, they better, they better buckle up. And last and, year, Arkansas you know, outplayed Auburn, I thought. I mean, Auburn oh. was very fortunate to win that game, raining a little bit, kicked that field goal. Uh, Arkansas looks like the better team last year in those yeah. circumstances. No doubt. No doubt. It'll, it'll be interesting. I think this one, man, you, you hate to do it, but you, you know, ball it up, throw it away. It's done. It's over. Move on and, you know, put it behind you. There, there's not a lot of, not a ton of great stuff to take out of it, but I think a lot of the bad that happened are, were self-inflicted. And you've also got to give kudos to the fact that they're a really – I mean, they're a damn good football team. And just move on. Yeah. Um, the other interesting things I want to hit on before we go is, is a couple of the things Harvison said um, after the game. Um, one, I thought you had some pretty good insight to him as a coach. I wish people um, – more people could have seen the – well, you can probably go to YouTube and watch it on Auburn uh, Tigers. But, uh, he, you know, he talked about being – he goes, I'm encouraged to get back out. And they were kind of like, what do you mean, encouraged – and he kind of went into this long answer of talking about, hey, I – he was like, I love football. He's like, I love football. He's like, so for me, uh, every chance I get to go back out there and coach and develop and, and be with my team, he's like, I, that's encouraging to me. And he talked about just neat – and he really just talked about how them as a staff and him as a head coach, he just needs – he needs time with his team, with his program. He's like, it's just, it's just going to take time for some of the things they're trying to instill and get done. Um, he's like, it's just going to take time for this stuff to, to, take, to take root. Um, and so it's kind of cool listening to talk about him just being a, a pure football guy and be encouraged and just – he's like, I can't wait to go back out on Sunday and, and, and get our team better and just spend time with them and build the culture. Um, he's got a very – I think a very practical um, – view on a game on like what you learn and don't learn on 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 what to take from it on how long it's going to take to get things done I just I, I generally like his uh his approach I think I think he uh I sometimes listen to the the questions that are asked and his answers and I, and I think about the way fans look at games and, I, and Brian Harson's like none of that computes with him I mean none of he is on a different world in terms of what he thinks is important and not important and how he values and all that stuff. And I just thought it was, uh, I thought it was really interesting. And then the other thing that was interesting was he was asked if Auburn, if this is a rebuilding season, um, because he talked about, Hey, we, I need time with my team to build our culture and to set our standards in place. And those kinds of, so somebody said, well, so does that mean you think this is a rebuilding job? Which is kind of a, it's kind of a gotcha question. Um, especially cause who asked it, but um, you know, he was like, well, I mean, it's not a rebuild. He's like, no, in the sense that, like, we're, we're, we're committed right now to this team to winning every game. 
so like we're there's nothing about this it's like well let's just get through the year and well you know maybe maybe next year's our year he's like no we're trying to win right now like so in that regard no he's like but like yeah we have to build our program and build our foundation and build our culture and build our standards and so part of that Auburn could have gone undefeated last year if you change coaches there will be some kind of rebuilding that has to happen so I thought it was a really fair honestly like a fair answer from him on um just kind of how he's approaching approaching the program and just needing time he just needs time with the guys to develop the things they want to develop well and you you think about it it, it's this isn't the NFL. You, you can't you can't throw the last couple of games in order to secure the first round draft choice, right? I mean, it's just it just doesn't work that way. It's not a you're not getting yourself a lottery pick, I, and I I think quite frankly, it's kind of a slap in the face when you ask a coach is it a rebuilding season? I mean, they're they're going to be dedicated to what's to what moment they're in in that particular season or whatever particular game or even week, but it's like you said a second ago, they could have gone 12 and 0 last year, won the college football playoff, changed head coaches, and they still need to reestablish a culture because no, no head coach, no head coach is going to sacrifice their philosophy and their program to just jump in and plug and play and reuse whatever the former coaches, you know, philosophy was that their egos do not permit that and they're in that position for a reason because they are type a and they want it how they want it so I, I don't saying that it's rebuilding or whatever I think it's more of a reestablishment yeah. or an establishment of the way Brian Harson wants things done and he, he means it. I think he's sincere about the fact that he wants to spend time with the kids. He wants to learn about them and vice versa. That's, that's what you want a head coach to do. That's what you want a coach to do. And I think it speaks volumes to the, to the parents of the recruits in that they've got a head coach or potentially a head coach that wants to learn more about them week in and week out. Just have more time with them because they're – within that establishes trust between the two. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that makes a, makes a lot of sense. Well, look, we'll see where Auburn goes from here. I think that, I think the, 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 the thing that Parson has talked about now multiple times after games that has to start um, playing itself out. And that is new mistakes. He said that after games twice saying, Hey, at some point we have to stop making the old mistakes and make new mistakes, um, which is a, a good, I think it makes sense when you, when you say yeah. it. And they, I think they're making a lot of the same mistakes, especially when it comes to busted coverages. Uh, you know, Nehemiah Pritchett gets beat twice, but Darius Knighton got beat. Um, really, it's probably the only three that I can think of off the top of my head, but they were busted coverages. And then there was, there was a couple other plays Georgia had in the passing game, but really some, um, some, some, those three were, were big plays, but uh, he just wants to see new yeah. things. And I don't know when that'll kick in. Um, I, I really don't. You know, people talk about, I don't think smoke Monday, that hurt Auburn, but smoke's not great in pass coverage. He would have had nothing. I don't think smoke being in there would have helped at all with, no. Pritchett, with Pritchett getting beat and, and, and Knighton. I mean, Knighton, I watched that play. He's got the guy. He, they just ran across and, and, and he gets lost in the wash again. It's like, 
you know, I, I'm surprised they're not teaching those guys to go over the top. I don't know why they're trying to go underneath and then you, and then you're chasing, but anyway, um, anyway, new mistakes. That's the thing. They've got to start making new mistakes and we'll see That's a quick turnaround, man. They got travel to 11 AM in, in Arkansas. Um, so they got some things to figure out, um, before this Arkansas game. And it's a big, if they somehow could turn around and get a W there before a bye week, massive, massive, massive. I think it's going to be, they can't, I want, I hope, I think after Penn state, I think they dwelled on that too much. I, I think, cause it was before Georgia state. I think they dwelled on that Penn state game a day too long about, man, we, you know, we just a couple more plays and that, this game's gone. They, they better yeah, they better be gone with it and be full on Arkansas and not go, man, if we'd have made a few more plays, we could have been in there with number one Georgia. For, that better not be their thought process because Arkansas is absolutely capable of, of being physical, running the ball on them. Uh, they play a, a, an interesting defense that at times can, can cause a quarterback problems, especially a quarterback that could, you know, that can be erratic. Arkansas, if they're not careful, they could go lose that game by 17 points. They really need to be focused. Well, this is it's the same level of stress is on this particular game against Arkansas as there was against LSU. This is, and it really, this is a must-win game for both of them. You know, this is a this is a must-win game for both teams, and you know, puts whomever is the victor puts them in a much better position come for the remainder of the season. All right, man. Well, appreciate you joining us, man. It was a it was a tough one. Auburn's four and two. They drop out of the polls because that's what you do when you lose to number one. You drop seven spots. Not that rankings mean anything, but um, it just shows how stupid they are this year. Um, all right, Auburn goes to Arkansas. Another tough game uh, bye week, and they're gonna have another tough game against Ole Miss. And so, and then you see A and M, what they're capable of. So, doesn't get any easier uh, for the Auburn Tigers. We'll see what they got. Ben, thanks, man. Appreciate you breaking it, breaking down the Georgia game. Um, we'll see what Auburn can learn from it. Appreciate everybody listening. Go to auburnlive.com. Subscribe if you aren't. If you're just listening to the podcast, please go subscribe, man. We have a lot, a lot of good information and coverage of Auburn basketball, football, recruiting, big recruiting weekend. They already got a, a commitment from Drew Bobo, the son of Mike Bobo. So uh, go to auburnlive.com and, and, and listen to that. and Check that out. Subscribe. $10 for a year. That's killer. Appreciate everybody joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.